Good morning. Ah, my mic works. That's great. To start this morning, I'd like to ask you a question. Isn't Canada a beautiful country? Yes, I heard that resounding yes. That's good. Canada is a great country. Canada is a beautiful country. Not only because of its rich natural resources and culture, but also because of the many rights and privileges that we enjoy as citizens and uh, residents. Now, these rights and privileges, they come with responsibilities. As an example, as a Canadian citizen, I enjoy the right to vote. But it is my responsibility to ensure that I exercise due diligence to ensure that I vote for the person who's the best for the job. Another example is that as a citizen of this great nation, I enjoy freedom of speech. But it, uh, it is my responsibility, however, that I speak in a manner that is truthful and respectful. Season my speech with grace. So what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is one that involves great privilege and responsibility at the same time. This morning, I'd like to center our lesson in the last two passages that, uh, uh, that was read to us in our scripture reading, taken in Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This passage of scripture tells us that God has given all authority to Jesus. And as a result, God has made Jesus the head over his own body, the church. Now this morning, I'd like us to really understand, appreciate, and come to grips with the fact that we as Christians are the vital parts of that body. We as Christians are members of the body of Christ. And that, brothers and sisters, comes with privilege and responsibility. This morning, the title of our lesson is The Church, the Body of Christ. And as we go through this topic, we have one task this morning. The one thing that I would like us to think about this morning is to answer the question, what is it to me, to you, as individuals, and to us as a whole, as a church, that we are the body of Christ? Let's begin. The body is an amazing thing. In, uh, in the Bible, we as the people of God, we as Christians, have been referred to and compared with many different things in, in God's word. For example, we have been compared with, you know, compared to uh, an athlete, a temple, sheep, salt, light, and many other things. But the metaphor of the church being the body of Christ is one of the best comparisons that really bring out the real the true, the organic relationship between us and Jesus as our head. So, if you look at the body, the body that I chose here in this slide is one that's not static. The one's not lying down or not doing anything. It's active. 
It has parts, hands and feet. So the first thing that I want to uh, tell you, the first implication of the fact that we are the body of Christ is this, that we all have a part to do. We all do our part. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse uh, 12, we read, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We all have our bodies. And we all understand that we have arms, legs, torso, back. We have blood. We have our skin. We have our bones, our internal organs. We have many members in our body, but they all form one body. It's the same thing with Christ, the same thing with church. Here in our local congregation at the Central Church of Christ, we have many members. But these members form one congregation of the Lord's Church, one body. Now, we ask the question, well, what, is, what, are, the member, what do the members do? Well, in Romans 12, verse 4, we read, for us, for us, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We have arms that do things. We have legs that do specific things. Eyes that see, ears that hear. The same thing with our congregation. The same thing with our church. We have members, but we all do our part. We all do specific things. Right? We all, uh, in our congregation, we have our hands. We have our legs. We have our eyes we have our, we have, we have many parts to our congregation that do different things now you ask the question well how do i know what i do in the church who dictates that well in romans chapter 12 verses 6 to 8 we are told that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith if it is serving then serve if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I have my part. I have my role. What I do is I come up here from time to time and I preach and I teach. I'm one of the evangelists of this congregation. I have my role. All of you have your roles as well. And that is something that God has given to you, your abilities, your talents, your skills. Now, what happens when I do my part and when you do your part? What happens when all the parts of the body does its share? Let's see what the scriptures say. In Ephesians 4 verse 16, we read, The whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which... Every part does its share, this is what happens, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. If I, when I do my part, when you do your parts, our body grows. We grow. Not just in number, but also in quality. We grow in our in the quality of our ministries, in the quality of our services, in the quality of our relationships with each other and with God. That is what happens when we do our work as a group. 
as a church. Now, when we say we all do a part, I understand some questions may arise. We might think, well, Jay, how do I start? If I have not done so, if I have not started, how do I start in this congregation? Where do I go? What opportunities are available to me to work? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we're having this conversation right now. This congregation is a body that is active. It's not sitting idle, not doing, waiting for things to come. It is a very active congregation. In fact, this congregation has a lot of ministries and services that we provide to the members, to visitors, and to the community. I'll give you some. And when I give you some, I want you to think of things. I want you to think about this. I want you to think, where can I insert myself in, in, in these ministries? How can I help the congregation so we all grow as a whole? How can I do my part? One of the ministries that we have in this congregation is the worship ministry. On Sundays, we come here and there's worship. These things don't just put themselves together. There are members of the church that do this, that are involved with this ministry. There's the education ministry for all ages, not only on Sundays, but throughout the week and throughout the whole year as well. There are people that, that work in that ministry to make sure that the teaching and the materials are covered, that are, that are, that are good to go. There are also missions, things that we do outside of our area, outside of our region for the kingdom of God. There's also outreach, the things that we do Inside our region, inside our local area, there's the transportation ministry. There are members of this congregation that work so that they can give rides to people, to church activities, even to worship this morning. There are fellowship, there's a fellowship ministry. There is, there are women's activities, men's activities, uh, children's ministry. There is the finance administration ministry. There is benevolence where we help members of the church with their needs. There is building and property, and I call these guys some of the hands and legs of the congregation because there's a lot of work involved in that. And you can be a part of that too if that is your gift, if that is your ability, if that is the work that you do in your regular job. You can help with that. There's the youth ministry. There's the fun ministry right here. I love it. There's also, last but not the least, the communications and media ministry. This sermon that we're, that we're having right now is, uh, is, uh, re- being recorded and put in our website so that people who are not here can, can see it or view it later on. And the communications and media team are working on that. That's their part in our congregation. Now I ask you, what is your part in this congregation? What is your part in this congregation? Well, there are just some of the things that we can do to do our part as individuals in this congregation. But before we leave this one point, I want to really impactfully make sure that, you un- that we all understand that this is very important for us to do, that we all do our part. Do you guys, uh, I'm pretty sure you do, that, you know, you, you've heard of that expression, going to church. You have. I use it. You say it. I say it. We all know what we mean by it. We, we mean when we say we're going to church, We're going to worship with the church. We're going to fellowship with the church. We're going to be with the church. 
But what I want to appeal to you right now is the attitude behind that expression. When we say we are going to church, I would like us to refrain from having an attitude that when I go to church, I am going to consume a service. I am going to receive what somebody has done, has prepared. I am going to take or get. When we say we are going to church, I want us to really understand and have the attitude that I am going to do my part. I am going to give. I am going to contribute. I am going to be a blessing. Instead of just merely taking or receiving. To that end, this morning, I'd like to encourage all of us to not just go to church. Don't just go to church. I want all of us to really think about this instead. To be the church. Because we are the church. We are the parts that make up the church. And when we do that, the attitude is, what is my part? And what am I doing? As my part in the congregation, in the body. Now that's the first implication of the fact that we are the body of Jesus. Now, there's another one. Another implication of us being the body, and it's this. We are members of one another. We are members of one another. In Romans 12, 4-5, we read, For us, we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. In the NIV, in the New International Version, that last portion there is translated, Each member belongs to all the others. I belong to you. You belong to me. I am a part of you and you are a part of me. I can't tell any of you that I don't need you. You cannot tell me that you do not need me. 1 Corinthians 12.21 The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. See, the eye cannot, my eye can't say to my hand, hand, you're useless. I am way better than you because you cannot see. I can. And the hand can't say to my eye, well, I'm better than you because you can't touch. Actually, I, when you touch, you get irritated. You get hurt when you touch. You're, you're nothing. They can't say that to each other. It doesn't make sense because they're two different parts that do different things. It's the same thing with us as the church. I can't tell you guys that well, you guys don't preach up here? You don't preach a sermon? What kind of a Christian are you? I can't tell you that. That's my role. You have a different role. You can't, you can't, and the same with you. I, I, I can't lead singing. I just can't. You can't tell me I'm less of a, of a contributor than, than you are or Chad is because he's amazing at singing. Right? We can't do that. In 1 Corinthians 12, 24 to 26, we read, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, if you're like me, I have a lot of parts in my body that are weak, that are not very presentable, that are ugly. Like my teeth. I have ugly teeth. 
You know what my body did for my teeth? We put braces on them so that they could be great, so that they could, we can help them be nice. The Apostle Paul told us that that is also what we do with the body, with the church. God has put the body together so that we give special attention to the parts that need it. Some of our members need help. Some of our members are weak. And we help them overcome that weakness. We help them to be strong. Now, what happens when you stub your toe? Have you, do, you guys, do you guys ever stub your toe? I probably do it a lot because we have toys and we have like things for the kids. And I would stub my toe and I would like cry. Like literally tears would flow down my, my, my cheeks and I would cry. Because I think I, I think I broke my little toe. But what happens when you hurt your little toe? When I break my little toe, I don't go, well, my head is okay. My arms are okay. My body is okay. My legs are okay. I'm fine. I'm going to go to work. No. I rest. I stay at home. If I have to stay at home, I cannot, I can't do anything else because my toe, my little toe hurts. My whole body is affected when my little toe hurts. It's the same thing with the church. Look at the end of the, the, the last portion of that text. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. This is what we need in the body of Christ. People who are compassionate and caring. Members who care for one another. Now, it's true. Sometimes we have, we have to cut off parts of our body. We've known people that that happened to. Why would, they, what would we, why would we cut parts of our body? Because we don't want the, the whole to be affected by the one part, so we cut it off. It's the same thing with the church. Sometimes that has to happen with some of our members. But that is not the first thing that we think about when we have weak or sinning members. That's not the first thing that I think about when my toe hurts. When I stop my toe, I go, Linda, can you pass me the scissors, please? My toe hurts. I got to get rid of it. That doesn't make sense. I nurture it and I bring it back to health so that it remains part of my body. It's the same thing with the church. The same thing with all of our members. We help them out with their difficulties. Galatians 6.1 the Apostle Paul writes to the church, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Because we are members of one another. I am a part of you. You are a part of me. I look, we look out for each other. We restore one another in a spirit of gentleness. If one of us is weak or sinning or maybe even causing problems or divisions in the church, we go to them. We help them. And verse 2 of, of Galatians 6, chapter 1, says this. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. There's a reason why some people are weak or sinning or whatnot. It's because they, are, they have weaknesses. We assist them in those weaknesses. So, remember, we are members of one another. We are parts of each other. And we need each other. And none of us are better than the others. We are all the same. We are all 
equal parts in the body of Jesus. Now, as the body of Jesus, we said earlier, in part of our text, it says that Jesus is our head. Now, what are the implications of that? That we are the body and he is the head. Well, look at the head. The first thing, the first implication of the fact that he is our head and that we are his body is this. We represent Jesus. We represent Jesus. According to our text this morning, God has made Jesus the head of his church because he has given him all the authority. Now, look at the bottom part of that text, verse 23. It says in there that the church is the fullness of him. The church is the fullness of Jesus. We represent the fullness of Jesus. How is that? I, don't, I thought Jesus didn't need anything, but you know what? In this particular metaphor, the head is not really a head without a body. That's why the church is important to Jesus, because we do his work on earth. Without the body, the head is really not any good. Right? You know what happens when the head is severed from its body. I'm not going to go to the details, but you can, you can figure it out. We are the fulfillment of God's kingdom here on earth as his body. Now, the question that I want to ask us is, what's the best way for us to represent Jesus on earth? What's the best way? Well, I offer you an answer. The best way that we represent Jesus on earth is to do the best that we can in doing our part for the church. Not just receiving, giving. Okay? In the church in Corinth, back in the day, back in Paul's day, the members of the church are clamoring for the best gifts. They wanted to do the most glamorous, Gucci gift that the Spirit can give them. Many of them want to speak in tongues. They want to heal. They want to interpret. They want to translate. And Paul addressed this. Paul addressed this saying, yes, Not all of you can do the same things. All of you are equal, but not all of you can do the same things. Here's what he he said. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 31. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Obviously not. But they all want to do the same things. But this is what Paul said to address that. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. See, men, some of the, some of the gifts in here that, that we see here today don't really, we don't need anymore. So we don't have them anymore. Because there's no point to them anymore. But many of these are still in place today, that we we still all do it today. But the one excellent way, the best way to represent Jesus in this world today, still, still applies. Do you know what that excellent way is? Oh, I heard it. Love. Okay? 1 Corinthians 13, this is what Paul says. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, 
And if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I showed you all the ministries that we have. If I or any of you are involved in all of them for the purpose of, look at this, for the purpose of doing this, boasting, for the purpose of just gaining personally from it, I'm not doing it out of love. It's nothing. It's in vain. If what I do for the Lord does not have love in it, actual service, I want to do something instead of just taking, there's no love. And Paul tells us that's the best way that we can serve God in this world today. Love. Whatever we do, put on love. That is how we represent Jesus today. Because, John thirteen thirty five. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Jesus is talking here. If you have love for one another, let us represent Jesus by demonstrating love. Now, Jesus as head tells us that he is also our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. In our text this morning, we read that God has given all authority to Jesus. And that because of that, he commands, he rules, he leads, he is head of his kingdom, the church. We see this in Matthew 28, 18-20, when Jesus was about to go to ascend into heaven. When he's about to leave earth, this is what he said to his disciples. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth, so he can command us, his church. He is our Lord. We follow him. We are his disciples. And he commands us to make other disciples of all nations. But according to this passage, how do we become a disciple? How do we follow Jesus? Just by knowing that there's a God? There's a point to that. First, there's baptism. I'm not making that up. You see it there. And then we do what he tells us to do. It's right there. You see it. Baptizing and then obeying everything that he commanded us. That's what happens when all of the parts of the body are subject to the head. Can you imagine going to a job interview and then your mouth all of a sudden stops working? Your mouth decides not to open up? And then the the interviewer is going, what is wrong with this guy? It's the same thing with our church. Can you imagine if some parts of the body do not obey the commandments of our Lord and head, Jesus Christ? It's not going to work. We need to have that unity in the spirit. And it starts with the individual Christian making Jesus 
Lord and Savior over our own bodies. Now, the final point that I want to make, and this one is going to be short. The fact that Jesus is our Lord, he doesn't lord it over us, that he rules over us. He's not mean about it. He's actually very compassionate and caring about it. The one last thing that I want to talk to you about and to tie this all together is the fact that as head, Jesus cares for us. He does. He is a compassionate leader. Compassionate Lord. To underline this, this particular fact, I want us to have a little activity right now. Very short. And it's all done in your mind. Think about it. If you're going to be an animal, what would you be? What is your favorite animal? And what would you be if you were an animal? Think about it. I want you all to think about it. Not just, oh, yeah, he's not going to know. God will know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is your animal? Think about it in your mind. Okay. Is it a whale? <laughs> Don't choose that. That's not a good example. Don't, not a whale. Is it a dragon? Not, not that either. Not that either. Okay. If you... Uh, did that, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be legitness. You don't, you don't want to do that. How about a lion? Did you choose a lion? Ah. How about a wolf? Did you choose a wolf? Or a dog? Like a big dog? Like a Doberman? Or like a pit bull? How about a bear? Or a moose? Okay, you know what I'm saying here. But how about this? Any of you chose sheep? Raise your hands if you chose sheep. Nobody chose sheep. Why would we not choose sheep? Look at that guy. He's so cute. But nobody wants to choose sheep because sheep are foolish animals. They are not very smart. They are hopeless, defenseless. They can't lead. They need always to follow something. But you know what? We are sheep. This is who we are. We are sheep. But this morning I want to tell you, it is okay that we are sheep. Why? Because Jesus is our good shepherd. He is our good shepherd. It doesn't matter that we're not lions or tigers or Dobermans. It doesn't matter that we are sheep. We have a shepherd that cares for us. This is what Jesus says in John 10, 14 to 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. That's the kind of shepherd he is. He is the kind of shepherd that would lay down his life. For sheep like me and for you. That's the kind of head we have that is attached to our body as the church. Brothers and sisters, this morning the message is simple. As the church, as the body of Christ, it's both a privilege and a responsibility. Remember that we all have a part to do that we are members of one another, that we represent Jesus, that He is our Lord, and that He cares for us.
This morning, if you would like to be a part of the church, please come. Be in the place, just the church, where all the blessings flow from the head to the body. This is it. Come and be part of that as uh, you receive Jesus by grace, through faith, in the waters of baptism. Let us all stand as we sing the song of invitation.